We are so pleased to introduce Flying Changes Magazine as a sponsor of this episode. Flying Changes is a print and digital magazine that services sport horse enthusiasts in the Pacific Northwest. With a nice balance of community news, events, training, and competition articles, and local and professional photography, the magazine is not only a premier publication, but a direct line to the horse-loving community members in the Pacific Northwest. It's a bit of everything with something for everyone. Visit them at www.flyingchanges.com. And look for them on Facebook and Instagram at Flying Changes Mag. My name is Shariah Harris. I am a polo player, and you're tuned in to another episode of Young Black Equestrians. I am. I am. I am. I am a young. I am a young. I am a young. I am. And I am a young. Black. A young black. Young. Black. A young black. Black. Black equestrian. 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 Black equestrian. Equestrian. Black equestrian. Equestrian. Black equestrian. I'm a young black equestrian. I am a young black equestrian. <laughs> Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Young Black Equestrians with your hosts, Abriana Johnson and Caitlin Gooch. And we are here today with Shariah Harris, who is a polo player and an intelligent Black woman, okay, because she just graduated from Cornell, but we will hear more <laughs> about that as this episode goes on. So welcome to the show. We are so excited to have you. <laughs> Thank you. Glad to be here. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. Twins. Oh, you guys are cute. <laughs> um, all right. So let's start off with something that you are thankful for today. Shariah, if you want to go first. Um, I'm thankful to be starting nursing school. That started for me this week. So I'm thankful to be starting that, even though a couple weeks into the semester, I might not say the same thing, but mm-hmm. thankful to have started. Nice. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. What kind of nursing do you want to go into? Eventually, I want to be a nurse practitioner. Okay. But for now, for now, it's a RN and a BSN program. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Hopefully, I want to work in the emergency room and trauma trauma section. So, yep. That's cool. That's cool. Uh, thankful. Caitlin, what are you thankful for today? <laughs> you probably have an idea what I'm gonna say. I'm thankful for real friends. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm gonna leave that at that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. That's always something to be thankful for. <sighs> today I am thankful for perspective um just like so I left my job a couple weeks ago and then I went back today to start training people and I kind of felt like outside looking in and like you know everybody was like melting and I was just like this is great Like, I I just felt so light and airy, and just because that, having that perspective shifts, so that's what I'm thankful for today. It makes me 
realize my decision was the right one and uh it pushes me to kind of continue with that so good nice but it felt great to leave out of there knowing you didn't have to stay for like a certain Mm -hmm. like deathly hours (laughs) yeah yeah i was just like i think i'm gonna leave (laughs) i'll be back tomorrow (laughs) (laughs) well all right let's go ahead and get into our episode uh tell us where you're from what you do you kind of told us a little bit but uh just tell us a little bit about yourself so i'm from philadelphia i live in upper darby and I play polo. Um, got started with that through a program called Work to Ride. Mm-hmm. And that's, that is uh, located in Philly still, right? Yep, in West Philly. Okay. Cool. How long ago was that you got started in Work to Ride? Oh, gosh. Um, I was about eight or nine years old. Mm-hmm. So, oh, wow. six, oh, seven. Mm. That yep, gives so me- I just- I'll go ahead. No, I, I I just did that from the time I was eight or nine until I graduated high school. And, you know, still involved in it today. Mm-hmm. Can you just imagine when Sev graduates high school? <laughs> Sev is um, one of the little cowboys that comes around. And he's three. <laughs> so oh. I, I can't wait to see that whole process. He has some time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And so how did you go from playing at work to ride to playing at Cornell? So, you know, we would travel around. We always traveled because we didn't have the facilities to, or the horses to host games at our place. So we would always travel around to Maryland. Um, and we would always travel to Cornell um, once a year and play their high school and you know as we became a better team their college team and so that's how I got exposed to what Cornell was because I had no idea about Cornell until we went up there and played them mm-hmm. and after and when we played them I kind of got talked to by the coach asking you know what's my future goals where do I want to go to school and he was like well why don't you apply here it's like well I never thought about it but sure and I looked into it I was like oh this is hard to get into <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, it costs a lot of money. <laughs> but then, you know, I did my research about their endowment and their need-based aid that they give. And, you know, I applied and I got in. <laughs> wow. Do you think if that coach didn't approach you, you would have applied? I would, I would like to say I would have because by the time I was a senior in high school, my I was set on going to a polo school. I wanted to go play polo in college and win nationals and all that. And Cornell was the top one or two women's programs for polo. So mm-hmm. I think eventually I would have um, like applied there, but he kind of talked to me about it when I was a sophomore, sophomore mm-hmm. or junior wow. in high school. Mm-hmm. So that planted the seed and then I did my research so when it was time for me to apply as a senior I was like okay I have my list of schools I'm ready. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
So is polo is are there men's and women's teams? I was just thinking that. I don't know why I thought I it was like together. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is. It is. Um in college. College is the only time where they separate you by men and women's, but uh-huh. growing up I played on the open team which is the mixed team. I played on the yeah, with guys against guys. Mm-hmm. Growing up, but in college they separate to... you. I mean, I guess the only difference is how hard you can possibly hit the ball. I don't know. Yeah. And it's not like in football, like the dude yeah. <laughs> run over the girl. But we on horses, man. We all le- level out the playing field. All right. The guys are rough though. They they play a little while, but it's it's oh. it's fun playing with them. Mm-hmm. Interesting. <laughs> so have you ever thought about doing any other disciplines? Um you know, we dabbled in everything. Les, ex- Les, the director of Work to Ride, she exposed us to everything. You know, we did the pony races, show jumping, steeplechase races, um, hunter shows. We did a couple Western shows. So we we got to put our foot in the door in a lot of different disciplines. But I like the adrenaline rush of polo. So I think the only other uh, is jumper shows. That's the only other thing that, thing that I've gotten close to the adrenaline rush that I get from polo. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. (laughs) What is, did you say steeple something? Steeplechase races. So it's, um, it's not a flat race. It's a horse race, but you go over jumps while you're racing each other. Oh, well, okay. You, you should Google it. It's 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 a high adrenaline thing too. It's, yeah, it's, I'm it's like, pretty... that sounds like like fox hunting, but like mm-hmm. yeah, we're all so, yeah, kind of kind of like fox hunting, but you know, <laughs> racing against everyone else. Mm-hmm. Oh wow. Yep. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, we did fox hunting too. <laughs> yeah, we did a little bit of everything. That's we're exposed to a lot. Yep. Of- yeah, as at such a young age, you know. Um, do you find that a lot of people that came up through the Work to Ride program either went to continue riding or to kind of ma- majority or most people kind of just stop once they were done with the program? Um, I would say majority kind of stopped, but everyone is still connected like they'll come back every so often and mm-hmm. ride and whatnot mm-hmm. um but i can only think of about four or five of us who went on to college to continue polo and riding and stuff but mm-hmm. majority you know stop after the program but mm-hmm. always still come back usually yeah, yeah. that's cool so how is I mean, you kind of alluded to it already, but how has writing kind of affected your life as a whole? Um, I like to say that I wouldn't have gone to Cornell if not for polo, because that opened my eyes to what Cornell was. And also just the exposure that it's given me, just the perspective it's given me of what else is out there. Because, you know, living in Philadelphia, you don't think oh, polo is a big thing. You think about the brand Ruff Laurent, but you don't think about horses and polo and everything that goes with it. And also the people that I've been exposed to, the different places I've been able to travel to. Um, 
Polo was the first time I got to travel out of the U.S. and got on my first plane ride. So I, it exposed me to a lot that I think would have taken me longer to do. And it, it, you know, just gave me that head start at an early, at an earlier age. Where did y'all go out of the state? Nigeria and Argentina and England. What? <laughs> okay. <laughs> all, for, all for competitions. Yeah. <laughs> go back to town and, and go to work to ride. <laughs> it's, a, it's a great program that I accidentally found. So. How, how was that? How did how was that an accident? Like I obviously your parents were not like horsey people. Like how did that how did they kind of send you off and let you be great and and something <laughs> some people think are just is just so crazy. My mom got lost in the park and found it. <laughs> so it was very <laughs> accidental. <laughs> yep. Oh, that was ordained. Yeah. <laughs> that was meant to be. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yep. You don't and get all in the stable. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. So myself and my two other siblings, we all went up through the program. Oh, that's cool. Yep. Did your siblings play in school or did they continue to play like in college or something? Bless you. Excuse me, thank you. Uh, my brother, he's, what is he now? He's a sophomore. He's doing community college first and he wants to transfer into a polo school. Mm-hmm. And my yes. older sister, she kind of, she fell off from it, but she played all throughout high school mm-hmm. wow not everybody can say it if siblings join in on the equestrian fund <laughs> right right yeah. that makes me think of like when you do icebreakers uh what's it called two truths and a lie mm-hmm. and people will be it like works. you know i'm from philly <laughs> uh my favorite color is red and i used to play polo and then people yeah it's like that's a lie that's a lie <laughs> True story. (laughs) True story. True story. So talk about how it was um kind of being on the on a collegiate polo team. Like what was that experience like? Um, it was difficult, you know, trying to balance, find that balance between practice, games, um, and school work and studying. And I also had a job while I was at school, so trying to balance all of those. Uh-huh. It was it was difficult. My freshman year, I struggled, you know, <laughs> like most people until I figured out how best to divvy up my time. And that's really what it was. Just time management it was the biggest thing for me to get through college. It was it was hard trying to balance going to games, being away for a whole weekend for a game and trying to, you know, study or submit an assignment that's due that weekend. So it was definitely a challenge, but I I wouldn't have done it any other way. Mm-hmm. I don't, I love being on the team. I love playing polo. And even though that brought its own stress, it was still a release from the school part of everything. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So how did you, did you always want to be a nurse or did you kind of choose that later? This was um, a decision I made. I think the beginning of this year, the beginning of my senior year or a little bit into it, I was, I, I graduated an animal science major. So I, I came in on the pre-vet track <laughs> and soon discovered that I didn't want to do that. Um, 
but I continue with the major because by the time I decided that I was already done my major requirement classes. So I just finished up with that. And it ended mm -hmm. up working out because a lot of my animal science credits and classes transfer over for the mm -hmm. science part of what nursing needs. So yeah, all those it, chemistries and yep. biologies and calculus. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. And they were like, oh, that's fine. And I just had to take human anatomy um, senior year to, you know, balance out for the animal anatomy I've been doing for the past three years. But right. that, that wasn't, I'm not going to say it was easy, but it was easier because, you know, I already had some type of anatomy. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's only one animal. That's right. Exactly. You know all the animals. <laughs> that's, what, that's what I always tell the pre-med people. I'm like, y'all are just weren't learning about humans i have to know cats dogs horses cows goats sheep and birds like we learned a little bit pigs yeah so, yeah. Yeah. yeah they are yeah. not um the same no. <laughs> no. <laughs> so easy um yep. so what vision do you have for the future in writing i mean you just graduated like how are you gonna stay on your game well thankfully i've been playing basically every week this summer um outdoor polo with you know leslie and the pro using the horses from the program mm -hmm. and entering in tournaments and people asking me to play with them so i've been able to play this whole summer and i think i think this past weekend was the last thing i had on my schedule mm -hmm. uh to play in for this summer but and September, I'm going to be playing in a big women's arena tournament. But after that, I'm not sure. There's always the barn. Always can I can go up and ride anytime I want to. It's mm -hmm. just to find the time to do that mm -hmm. when nursing school kicks in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you, like, go back and do any sort of mentoring or anything, like, for the kids that are coming through the program now? Yeah, it's... It's weird for me to call myself a mentor because I feel like I'm still learning so much. But yeah, I'm always at the barn with mm -hmm. the kids. Well, not always, but <laughs> when when I have time, I'm up there more than once or twice a week. So always see them, happy to see them. They're happy to see me. And I played with a couple of them for a couple games this summer. And, you know, always giving tips where I can give them and helping them develop their game and giving them tips to do something better than what they were doing. And just little things that I say to them that I see that they take to heart sometimes and follow through with what I tell them. So that's that's fun to see sometimes mm -hmm. to see someone listen to advice that I give. <laughs> yeah. yeah, kids need that positive youth development. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And to see it from someone who was in the same shoes as them and not just like this teacher that's just telling them what yeah. to do. Like, I was you. I was you 10, 12, 15 years ago. So, right. do what I said. Right. <laughs> and I think they heed my word a little more because for the, yeah, all of them who are in the program right now, when in my last year or two, they were in the program. So we, there was overlap between us. So oh, okay. that, yeah, that definitely makes them a little more receptive to what I have mm -hmm. to say. I'm not just this figure that they don't know who, like, they don't know who they are. They just hear about me and I'm just coming mm -hmm. telling them what to do. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's good. That's good. Uh, so speaking of 
things that you tell them, what advice would you give aspiring equestrians of today? If they, even if they wanted to get in the polo, if they just wanted to get in horses, what would you tell them? I think first, if you want to be good at whichever discipline you're in, ride different type of horses. Don't get comfortable on the same horse or the same type of horse because you're never going to develop that way. Mm-hmm. And people love to see people, um, people love to see riders who can ride the challenging, difficult horses, who can ride almost anything, who have that fearless streak. And also, as a minority coming up in the sport, I would say to open yourself up to people, even if you're in an all-white setting. Uh, don't be intimidated to approach them and talk to them and try to, you know, intermingle with them because as people who, you know, majority of the sport, you're going to need those connections to further develop yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, think I, I can't remember if I just shared something on Facebook. It was something about it's not what you know, it's who you know. Um, exactly that you know your network can get you a lot farther than you know some books <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh, it's very important to be able to to interact with people in different settings mm-hmm. um so that because you never know they even if they can't help you themselves they might be able to direct you to somebody who can exactly so, so that's something i wish i would have taken heed to a little <laughs> earlier because i was i was very quiet reserved kept to myself, didn't go out of my way to talk to people. Mm-hmm. And not that that helped me back, but that I, I could have made some connections. You never know that I didn't because I was so quiet and, you know, to myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You live in your learn. I'm sure in nursing exactly. school, you yeah. will uh, <laughs> be out there and getting those connections. Yeah, I've, I've definitely come out of my shell. <laughs> oh, good. More, yeah. Good, good. So how do you feel about the kind of surgence of, you know, seeking out equestrians of color for, I don't know, amplifying, I'm so tired of hearing that word, but amplifying black voices of equestrians of color. <laughs> Like over the last few months, I know that's been kind of a big thing. Um, so have you felt any of that? Have you had people reach out to you in that regard? Um, uh, just, a, just a few, uh, just a little bit ago, but I think, I think it's something that's like, well, it's about time, but also kind of a little resentment because the only reason that's coming about is because you know the whole Black Lives Matter movement and how strong and powerful that voice has become to where now I feel like companies everywhere even outside of horses and stuff are looking for those black faces to put up like hey we have diversity we have it here we're not like that so I think if that's what you really were, you would have already been amplifying these voices rather than mm-hmm. now that it's, yeah. you know, it's a call for action for it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. And um, we were on a call uh, yesterday and um, <clears throat> this guy said, you know, 
Yeah, I look back at, um, or he's like, I'm not sure that we've had any like models of color or whatever, you know, I would have to look back. I'm like, well, if you did, you would know, you would be able to say that confidently. Like, why do you have to look back? Right. A certain, uh, industry or a certain association was like, yeah, you know, we're trying to collect data to see what, and I was like, why do you need data? Just look outside. Go to a show. Like, what data do you need to support? Right. Okay, you want to get concrete numbers? The numbers are below 1%. <laughs> like, right. you right. know. Do you want to embarrass yourself like that? Right. <laughs> like, I think we can have some qualitative uh, observations here. You don't need numbers. You can see. It's like, I don't, you don't have to give me the numbers. I can see for myself. What it right. Is. Like, like right. we see this, and we're telling you that y'all ain't got it. You don't have yeah. to go look. Yeah, we'll find yeah. a picture from when 2001. <laughs> yeah, look, look, yeah. we had one. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah, it's just, just one though. Just one, yeah, just one. So, yeah, I completely agree with you on that. We, Caitlin and I have talked about this several times. Just like you said, the resentment, like now, y'all know, you know, yeah. and then, and then the sort of like tokenism like oh hey look we found one guys look exactly. right here this is a nice one we got us a good one mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then it's just because they have that one they think that they've done enough and it's like no 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 <laughs> you don't stop there or no. or use that oh because they do it y'all have no excuse to do it it's like, it doesn't right. work like that <laughs> mm -mm. no no yeah. and i'm not sure about what is it like u.s polo association does that exist mm -hmm. okay good yep. i didn't want to like just make that no, up. Up soon. <laughs> 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 but i don't know like where their um like stances because i don't think they've been involved in any of the conversations that we have i don't think that doesn't ring a bell but um do you see <laughs> Do you see anything from them? Do you see any like step forward in that direction of trying to be more diverse from them? Um, if you haven't paid attention to it, that's fine. It's, also, but. No, it's it's something that they say that they mm -hmm. want to do, are going to do, but it's not. And polo is also difficult because it is such an expensive sport and you need horses to do it. So that's where that's where it gets held back a little bit because mm -hmm. to reach these, you know, inner city majority uh, minority communities, you have to look more towards urban cities and just to get a set up there or a club that's going to be able to sustain being there is difficult. Mm -hmm. um, so they have talks of wanting to do it, but outside of the Work to Ride program, I don't know many other black teams that are doing this. You know, there's one or two uh, black women or black men who are doing it, but as far as majority of them, I, I believe they're coming out of our program. Yeah, yeah. I did, um, someone just tagged us um, a couple of days ago <clears throat> in the Morehouse polo team. Mm -hmm. 
that just started. So yeah. I'm excited about that. Um, yeah, I, I was I was working in Atlanta, and the kid who started it, his name is Caleb. Um, I was, you know, I was working in Atlanta and teaching lessons and helping with horses there, and he was one of the clients. So I had some conversations with his mom, and she, you know, she was very adamant about getting his team started because he was graduating. Mm -hmm. And he wanted to keep playing polo, of course. And he was going to Morehouse, and they got that started. So I'm happy for them. Yeah. I, I hope that it's the same, though. And actually, one of one of the, I guess he was first-generation Work to Rock graduates, he's helping with giving them direction on how to run it and everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Same as Richard Prather. So he's, he's trying to help the Morehouse polo team. That's awesome. I'm I'm excited to see what they uh, come up with or, you know, how they, they get it done. Because mm-hmm. honestly, like, I didn't even know, like, there's a polo team in my area. And it wasn't until we were headed to Kentucky to get the horse trailer that we saw a <coughs> billboard for the polo, a polo tournament. And we were like, you know, anytime we see horses, we're like, what? <laughs> but I was like, horses on this bill. Oh, they got a pull on What? Right. Right here in this area. Had, had no idea. Do you remember which, what team it was? It was, um. It's an alumni team it, for Triangle. Yeah, it was uh, Battle of the Blues. is UNC and Duke. Nice. <laughs> no, either one of them had a pull team. It might have yeah. might have changed where mm-hmm. I went to school. <laughs> And I think Stanford has, there's a, there's a lot of schools that have it. They're just not just big names for polo, but they, a lot of schools have it. Brown, all the Ivies have it. Mm-hmm. And a lot, of, most of the Southern schools have it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not most, but a, a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. Cool. You just got to look for it. It's yeah. small, but it's, it's, it's really in places that you wouldn't you know, never thought of, but that has polo. Yeah. Hey, work to ride. No one would have. Right. Right in the middle, like by Center City. So. Yeah. 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 All right. So we started this new segment of the show called the Derby Round, where you answer these questions as quickly as possible before we wrap up. It's, they're really easy questions. No need to be worried. You are adrenaline junkie anyway. You could be worried. You'll be fine. Right. You got it. <laughs> Derby round. All right. English or Western? English. Solids or spots? Solids. Bays or grays? Grays. Brown tack or black tack? Brown. A sponge or a curry brush? Mm, curry brush. <laughs> Shod or barefoot? Shod. A bumper pull or a gooseneck? A gooseneck. A rope halter or a nylon halter? Mm, nylon. What is your favorite piece of barn equipment? Mm. <laughs> um a brush <laughs> a brush okay what's your favorite piece of tack 
stirrups. Mm. That's important. <laughs> when was the last time you fell off? Mm. Two weeks ago. Oh, wow. Does that happen mm-hmm. often? When playing For ball? me, it does. <laughs> <laughs> I, I tend to fall off quite a bit. Not as much as I used to. But I'm I'm just always going for it. I, I I don't really think about falling until I throw myself too out of balance and then I just fall. <laughs> well, you know, I bet you got that tuck and roll down pack. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and if money was no object, what is one horse related item you would purchase? Really good polo saddles. Polo saddles? Polo saddles. Yeah. Are they they're different? expensive. Oh, okay. I'm like, how are they different from regular saddles? Right. They don't have knee rolls. Um, so that you're like, you have better mobility mm-hmm. to get up and swing and switch sides and all that. But polo saddles are expensive. So definitely a couple of those. <laughs> mm. Cool. Well, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to come on the show today. Of course. Yeah, thank you. No problem. Let everybody know where they can reach you um, or get in contact with you, socials, all those things. Let me look at my Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) I'm terrible. I'm not one of those people that just knows my stuff right off the bat. Okay. (laughs) So for Facebook, Shariah Harris, S-H-A-R-I-A-H, Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S. And Instagram is Shariah underscore H. Oh. That's about all I have. <laughs> <laughs> that is plenty. That is plenty. Yes. <laughs> well, all right. Thanks again. And we will let you know when this episode is going live. Okay, great. Thanks for having me. All righty. You have a great rest of your day. You too. All right, bye. All right, bye. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Young Black Equestrians. Head over to our Facebook or Instagram pages and let us know what you thought about that episode. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and have the opportunity to be featured in our next episode. See you next week.